The following Dharma talk was presented at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, as part of the weekly Dharma series. The speaker is Mark Nunberg, guiding teacher at Common Ground. I'm sure most of you are familiar with how quickly these days can flow by. But even so, even though it's, in a sense, just another drop in the bucket in terms of our practice, our lifelong practice, we're really here to cultivate this lifestyle of awareness, of wisdom and awareness. So, of course, it's not just when we're sitting, but even now listening to me speak and when we're walking and when we're eating and using the bathroom and all the things that will happen. These are really the most supportive conditions to experiment with this lifestyle of valuing awareness. And it isn't something we're doing. This is the first thing we can reflect on. Because a lot of us have picked up habits of, you know, and it's understandable because it's true in so many other places in life where the attitude is basically what I'm about to do is a struggle. I'm at war, you know, like with my bad habits of distractedness, for example. I'm at war and I kind of have to buckle down and, you know, I've got to meet fire with fire or force with force and uh, overcome these bad habits of mine, of distractedness or whatever they might be. And there's a lot of, it's not necessarily entirely wrong <laughs> to think in that kind of martial warlike way, but it's a very limited way to understand this path that we've we're all interested in in one way or another because we're here, right? Shelley and I have both studied a lot with Saida Utejaniya's style of practice, instruction. Some of you maybe have also studied either with him directly or just with his teachings, his books, which are really just transcriptions of all the um, dialogue he has had with usually small groups, more than one-on-one -on -one interactions with students. He often teaches not so much by giving talks, but just answering questions in small group settings. And a lot of these interactions have been transcribed and made into books, which you can find online. You can go to wisdomstreams.org or even just Google Saida Utejaniya. I think it's saidautejaniya.org actually. And you can download these books for free. And they're really wonderful. Um, just a way to imbibe Saida's instructions in a very powerful way. He's a Burmese uh, Buddhist monk and a wise meditation teacher. And Shelley and I have had the opportunity to study these teachings quite a bit and like to teach from this place. And one of the things we find, and probably some of you have found, is that his teachings always begin and end from this wise view perspective. How do we borrow? Initially, we just borrow wise view from the Buddha, <clears throat> where we're, you know, we get some words, we get some ideas that challenge the existing view or existing attitude and existing habit in terms of how we frame, how we connect, how we relate to our experience. And so we initially, we just have to be humble enough or in a spiritual sense, desperate enough, right? I, I just finished writing the monthly discussion theme for Common Ground. Our meditation center has these uh, sutta study groups where we study the discourses and teachings of the Buddha. And I just finished writing it this morning for the July meeting coming up in a month. And I said, uh, I'll just read you what I wrote, one of the sentences I wrote, you know, that we have to, uh, this willingness to open in a fresh way is grounded in our personal and eventually unshakable confidence that I don't know the way. Right? So this is our first step. Is not that we know the way, like we know how to be a 
a perfect spiritual being or something like that. But this uh, unshakable confidence that I don't know the way, that my habit energies are often unhelpful to me, that I must go another way and I don't fully know this other way. And where does that leave us? You know, when we have this unshakable, wholesome confidence, I don't know the way. You see how immediately that is in the direction of what we might call wise view, because we're, we're immediately more open when we have that confidence. And it's, it's not a hate towards our conditioned habits, like to take things personally or to be attached or to, you know, trust greed when it's there in the mind or to trust aversion when it's there in the mind, affecting the mind. But just to have that quiet confidence that, oh yeah, these are just the habits of the mind. To think this way, to relate this way, to react these ways. I get it. I feel it. And I'm so happy to know with confidence, this isn't helpful. I may not be able to free myself from these habit energies, these ways of relating, like all of us. There will be times today when our minds will be under the gravitational pull of greed, delusion, aversion, fear, anxiety, doubt, not feeling up to the task of being present, or whatever version of you know habit energies that aren't helpful. We're all going to be under the spell, under the gravitational pull of these habits, and we don't have to feel at war with them. This is really the liberating move we get from our teacher, the Buddha. We don't have to hate our habits. We don't have to fear them. We don't have to be at war with our habits. We simply understand them for what they are. These are habits of the mind. Oh, sometimes it's like this. My mind is very juvenile. You know, it's very reactive. It's full of fear. It wants to give up. It just wants a sweet drink and to lounge, you know, or to watch something funny on the internet, or wants to be entertained want somebody to love me, treat me the way I want to be treated. I mean, we have these deeply ingrained go-to places. Oh, this is how it is sometimes. Do I need to be afraid to be open to this, to see it clearly, to actually be curious about what this feels like and how this moves as a natural phenomena? No, I'm, it's okay to feel this. It's okay to be aware that this is what's moving in the body, in the heart, in the mind. This is what that feels like. And this is the wisdom approach to a practice. We can't actually see clearly the way it is unless we let everything move, everything do its own dance. Even the most humiliating or so-called despicable tendencies of our heart and mind. We just have to let things play out. But we have wisdom. We have this way of holding or being with or relating wisely, which is just this recognition of awareness. Not doing the awareness, but recognizing this space in a sense that I can rest back into the space of awareness, this wise space. It's already here, but we do need to keep it in mind. That's the trick or that's the challenge to this more wisdom-oriented. You know, the Buddha's path is really comes out of the Buddha's recognition that it's all nature, and the only real problem in nature is the mind misunderstanding, not understanding that it's all nature. So instead, the mind constructs 
ideas or views that are not in alignment with reality, that somehow I stand apart, there's a me, a permanent me, I, me, or mine that stands apart, who's suffering, and I want to be free from the suffering. But we approach our spiritual life from the spiritual point of view. And so our whole practice, our whole approach is off from the beginning. So the Buddha's approach to spiritual life is, it begins and it ends with wise view. So initially we borrow it, right? So that's what we're doing now. We're with me talking and sharing these ideas, and then we'll do a guided meditation in just a few minutes. Our primary task is to first hear this instruction that what this is, what this always is, what this is right now, this experience that's being known, it's the activity of nature. It's a natural process of mental activity being known, emotional, <clears throat> sensory, visceral activity being known, external sounds and sights and smells and tastes being known. It's this movement, this activity of sensuality, of thought, ideas, concepts. It's all this movement being known. And this activity of knowing, knowing this, knowing that, knowing inner experience, knowing outer experience, knowing pleasant experience, knowing unpleasant experience, all of this activity being known is what we call nature. And any idea I have about this nature, this natural process, is nature. Any reaction that I have, any problem I have, is just more of that activity. Any insight that I have, deep understanding, any release I have, is just that activity being known. Nothing is outside this activity of nature being known. And what we're checking out, and it doesn't matter if we don't believe it, because we're, we just need to check it out. We don't need to believe it. It doesn't really help to believe in it. What helps is to check it out. If I align, if I use this information that it's all this, this activity of nature being known, the knowing is nature, the activity that's being known as nature, it doesn't really point back or refer back to anything more than that. It's just activity being known. And this is, you could call this mindful awareness, you could call this being wide open, released in the knowing. But whatever, if we check it out, do we find the freedom and the release the heart seeks? Do we find that going forward, our activity, our engagement in the world is more free, more loving, more wise, more skillful, right? That's really the only way to assess whether how we're practicing is helpful or not. Like, who do we become when we practice this way? And then over time, you know, as we value it more and more and kind of get a sense of how to do this refined trusting and awareness, this is being known, right? It becomes our lifestyle 24-7. And then, and then we're just sort of curious, how does it change? How does it change who I am? How does it change how I relate? Is, what is it setting in motion when we practice this way? That's the only way. And if, you know, if according to the Buddha and according to many of our own practice, people here who have done this practice for a while, we find that it really leads to more wisdom and compassionate action in our lives, then we just are more loyal and trusting in it. We don't give up. We're willing to start over. And these five hours, it's really a perfect time <laughs> just to start over. Okay, what am I doing? Right? Well, we're recognizing this capacity. The Buddha says it's already here and now, so that's where we look for it. We're recognizing this capacity 
to be aware. Aware of what? Aware of the activity of the moment that's already here. Thinking is an activity, feeling and an emotional sense is an activity, seeing, smelling, touching, hearing, all activities, right? So just this recognizing there is this awareness, this knowing, and it's knowing these activities. And it can be trusted. It's like learning to trust the exposure as opposed to unconsciously we have these habits which is which could be described as um, you know unconsciously avoiding recognizing denying the exposure so the practice then is to keep the exposure that's inherent in being a sensitive being right being alive it's inherent this exposure so why not keep it in mind and the exposure is always already here so it's just about recognizing what's already here the sensitive heart the knowing mind is already sensitive already exposed so let's not forget it so in that way you know this practice, mindful awareness, or whatever you want to call it, it's very much linked to this uh, remembering. We're keeping something in mind, or we're remembering this exposure. And again, you can call it being open, but it has, uh, the, the nice thing about that word exposure is it it's kind of a little bit more honest about how challenging it is. It's not easy for us to trust this ongoing exposure, this ongoing vulnerability, this ongoing openness to the uncertainty of everything coming and going, everything in motion, and the heart, the sensitive heart, the knowing mind, ceaselessly exposed to what's arising and passing. And and the nice thing about this, as hard as it is, it's simple, but it's hard. But the great thing is we don't have to figure out, like the transformation of understanding or the deepening of insight. This is, all, this is also a natural process. No one can stop it. It just needs a certain ingredient. And that ingredient that leads inevitably, unavoidably to the deepening of wisdom and compassion is this kind of, uh, the sincerity of the exposure, you could say. Like, am I really committed, sincerely committed to being open to what's already here and now? Not second guessing, not thinking I need a better or a different moment to open to. It's really kind of fun, actually. I find it fun now um, to notice how many times during a sit or a retreat day that I'll have the thought, oh, no, no, this, I got to get myself somewhere in order to practice. And it's this unconscious and silly belief that, no, no, this isn't the moment I'm supposed to open to, you know, because I'm being bad or I don't have my act together. I don't have my Dharma act together. So let me get my Dharma act together and then I'll be open. As opposed to the only move, right, is openness itself. And any sense of like getting my act together, getting my posture together, getting my attention back to where it should be first, and then I'll trust openness, is a, is a little or a big misunderstanding of what the practice is. This moment is perfectly fine. It's the only moment to be open, to relax, to allow. So remember that relaxation. Don't have to go anywhere. Don't need a different moment. We're just learning to recognize this capacity to be aware, to be open, to be exposed to what's coming and going. 
We don't have to explain it to ourselves. We don't have to define what's happening to ourselves, to ourselves. We don't have to relate this openness to the Buddhist teachings, some kind of Dharma conversation within our own mind. Of course, that stuff's going to happen, but then that's just the next moment of activity being known. So if you're having a Dharma coaching session with yourself, or you're narrating the Buddhist teachings back to yourself, then just notice that as activity being known, mental activity being known. If you're feeling a lot of appreciation and Dharma devotion, that's just the next activity being known. If you're really disgusted with the Buddhist teachings or have some profound doubt or think it's a cult, that's just the next thing being known. And on and on and on. And when we forget, when we get lost in thought, then just find your own way to encourage the heart to go back to this river of exposure this movement that is really characterized by this exposure, this vulnerability, this... There's something wild in being open, being with awareness, recognizing awareness. Because it's in a way, <clears throat> it's the opposite of being in control. And that's a trustworthy flavor for many of us in our practice. And over time, you know, you all you start to feel some real stability in that. But even with that stabilization that comes with more samadhi, more concentration, we have to maintain an interest in the wildness of openness, right? So that we're not getting complacent even with concentration, even with the stillness that shows up in our practice. It's really great. It's very healing. It can bring in a lot of safety, those deeper states of stillness and concentration and the peace that comes from them. But we're always interested in opening to what hasn't been open to, seeing what hasn't been seen, feeling what hasn't been felt, this flavor of the unknown, as opposed to resting in the known, so especially with this wisdom approach, this is uh, yeah, just a useful flavor. So I'll leave it here and uh, feel free if you need to adjust your body, but in just a moment we'll settle in to some meditation time for about 35 minutes. Do whatever you need to do and then settle back into relative stillness. It won't be perfect. Befriending the body, this exposure that I've been talking about, it exists in a more <clears throat> dense frequency as the body, the kind of ordinary level <clears throat> of bodily sensation. So in a way, in a sense, there's different frequencies of this exposure to life, <clears throat> to what's coming and going. So learning to not be afraid of this exposure to the sitting body And so we experiment with a, <clears throat> a heartfelt, kind interest wanting to be close to the sitting body. Giving permission for all these sensations that are moving now giving permission for the body to be the way that it is. 
just as we might with a <clears throat> dear friend or grandchild, you know, we say to the body, I love you just as you are. You don't have to be different. I accept you just as you are. I'm not afraid to feel what's moving in the body, the unpleasantness, the numbness, or whatever it might be. I deeply value being open and vulnerable, exposed to what's coming and going, undefended, loving, willing to be close and willing to be touched and moved, not afraid of the exposure. And if ever there is some reaction, some tightening up, then just include that too. Oh yeah, sometimes it's like this, there's resistance. You belong too. You get to be here too. I'm not afraid of this resistance. I'm not ashamed. And if there is shame, you get to be here too. It's okay. Whatever it is that comes and goes, it's okay. It's okay to feel it's okay to allow letting everything move. And learning how to keep this openness in mind, not to forget. And of course, we're not just open to the more gross level of physical sensation but all the emotional rivers that are flowing, moving, <clears throat> all the feelings, all the thoughts, <clears throat> memories, all the reactions, hopes and fears, everything belongs in this, in these rivers. <clears throat> Nothing needs to be left out. Both the observing, the feeling, and what's being felt, what's being observed, all of this is nature, a natural process. <clears throat> is it okay to deeply trust, to allow And so the quality of effort is keeping this exposure in mind or not forgetting 
this sense of exposure, the wildness of being open and allowing, feeling, knowing, keeping it in mind. So we'll continue in silence now.
we'll be continuing to practice for about three minutes, but if you're not already, you might find it useful to be practicing with your eyes open. <clears throat> it can really lend itself to practicing all day long. And remember we're valuing <clears throat> being open and exposed to all that's moving here in our experience willing to be close, willing to allow. Okay, about beginning again and again. And learning, <clears throat> learning how to relax with that exposure to what's moving. it's always possible to be <clears throat> interested, curious. And again, remember that this experience that we're having, it's simply something being felt, something being known, keeping it really simple, straightforward. This is being experienced. And that there's really nothing outside of that sensitivity, to this flow of this movement of experience. This talk, like all programs at Common Ground, is offered freely in the spirit of generosity. To learn more about Common Ground and its programs, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, www.commongroundmeditation.org. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.